everyone, and welcome to episode 310 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Zephron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week to kick off the new year, starting with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. Happy New Year, Richard. How are you this fine Monday? Hey, Seth. Happy 2021. Can't believe... <sighs> I mean, it can't be worse than 2020, right? Oh, like, don't say it, that. <laughs> yeah. Don't say that. <laughs> oh, but, but, but before we get into that, we have another co-host in Crib. Happy New Year, Crib. How are you today? Happy New Year, Seth. Uh, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Excited to see what 2021 brings us in a good way. Uh, me too. Uh, I, I'm excited for the new year as well and excited for new magic stuff. We have a new magic set right around the corner, although... It's a really weird week for the podcast. We were, like, really digging deep and trying to figure out what to talk about this week because it's been the holidays. Wizards has been shut down. Uh, I was away on vacation. There's no tournaments. There's no, like, official Keldheim spoilers. There are a bunch of Keldheim leaks. So if you are interested in checking out the leaks, you can uh, go over to the main Magic subreddit. I think they're all on there. But we're going to avoid the leaks for this week and wait until cards are official. So next week, we'll have tons of of Keldheim. I think Thursday is the official kickoff of spoiler season with a stream from Watsy and all that stuff. So we'll have tons of Keldheim next week. But for this week, there's honestly not a lot of magic stuff going on. So we were like talking about what we were going to talk about for this cast. And I think we're just going to talk about stuff some of the other games that we've been playing <laughs> uh, i don't know we're gonna we're gonna see what happens we don't have a very clear outline for uh for this podcast but it should be fun anyway kind of an off-the-cuff impromptu improvised podcast this week but before we get to all of that a quick reminder that our show today is brought to you by Card Conduit. And if you've ever tried to buy list your magic cards or sell your magic cards, oh my God, is it so much work. So much sorting and so much shipping and typing. It's just a big hassle, honestly. Well, Card Conduit, they're the easiest way to sell your magic cards. And if you want to avoid all those hassles and avoid all that time that it takes to sell your cards, this new service from the folks over at Card Hoarder will sort, grade, and sell your magic cards for you. And once your shipment is processed, you'll get the pro proceeds minus their fee and right now you can get a 10% discount by heading over to cardconduit.com slash goldfish so thank you so much to card conduit for supporting the show and uh with our sponsorship stuff out of the way uh let's talk about stuff richard uh, <laughs> do you have any stuff you'd like to talk about this week <laughs> stuff. yeah I, I saw the bills dropped a 50 burger <laughs> <laughs> and apparently they're good and they're like one of the best teams in the end. What happened, Seth? <laughs> Can you explain to me what happened to the Bills and what you're feeling right now? Uh, so, so yeah, the Bills, it took me until honestly like this weekend to really come to grips with the fact that they might actually be good. I think uh, as a Bills fan, you always are thinking, oh, this is going to be the year, but then it never is the year. So it takes you a lot of time. So when they were like, they were like, I don't know, 10 and three or something. And I was like, eh, I don't know. Like they seem like maybe they're going to be good this year, but I just couldn't actually fully like buy into it. But they absolutely crushed the Dolphins. They're the number two seed uh, in the playoffs. And I'm actually really hyped. Like it is as a Bills fan, we're just so used to uh to being horrible and to losing. I actually don't really know <laughs> I, 
I don't know what to do now. Like, uh, I guess I'm excited for it. And I still kind of have that feeling in the back of my head that it's all going to, like, come crumbling down and they're going to go and get, like, embarrassed in the playoffs. And it's going to be the same old Bills as it always was. But... I don't know. They look really good. I think the biggest thing is uh, is a quarterback, really. Uh, Josh Allen has went from, like, worst quarterback in the league to, like, below average quarterback in his second <laughs> year. And then this year, he all of a sudden, for some reason, I do not understand. Uh, he's, like, really good at football, which doesn't make any sense because that's not normally how... <laughs> how football works you don't go from being like really really bad your entire life to really good all of a sudden but apparently it's happened this time so it, it was all psychological with brady out of the division they're like <laughs> oh my god we can play football let, let him terrorize someplace else and we're good yeah. but, so i i grew up in canada and as a kid the the by default the nfl team you cheered for was buffalo because that was the closest thing and my childhood memories were doug flutie <laughs> and getting hyped for the playoffs. And then, uh, oh, was it the Music City Miracle? What oh, was it called? The like yeah, eight laterals <laughs> to, to win the game. And I'm like, wow. And uh, I, I dodged the three Super Bowl losses because I was too young. But yeah, I was all I remember them, is I think. Bill's misery. And uh, I hope it doesn't happen to you, Seth. I, I hope they actually are legit and, and do something because it'd be pretty cool to have yeah. a, a new team hoist. The trophy are not a new team, but, you know, a, a non-Tom Brady team maybe this year, or at least a non, what is it, like a non-Tom Brady, non-Peyton Manning, non-Rothesberger <laughs> in the championship yeah. game. Like, that's what we're going for. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they got a shot this year. I, I don't know. The, uh, the Chiefs are really good, and Mahomes is really good, so they would have to play them eventually before the Super Bowl, and I don't know how that would go, but I'm actually feeling pretty confident that they can at least win a playoff game or two, and I think... I don't even know, like the Music City Miracle, I don't remember what year that was, 2000 maybe, 1999, somewhere in that range. They have not won a playoff game since then. It's been like my lifetime essentially almost <laughs> since they've actually won a playoff game. So it would be a pretty big deal. Uh And Bill's like, I'm not like a hardcore Bills fan, I guess. Like I follow the Bills and I would like to watch the games, but Bills fans are they are absolutely nuts. Like a few weeks ago, they, they clinched the AFC East for the first time since Jim Kelly was playing, I think, like in mid nineties. And they had like 5,000 people show up at the airport at like 2 a.m. on a Sunday night or something to like welcome the team back in. Like that's just how desperate and crazy the hardcore Bills fans are for the team to actually be good. So it's kind of cool to actually see it happening for once. Wouldn't it be hilarious if the Bills lost to do some improbable play again? <laughs> <laughs> It's oh, like for some, like their extra point is like blocked and returned or something like I don't know. <laughs> that that would be a very Bills thing to have, and I think anyone who's a Bills fan, they do have that in the back of their head because <laughs> that's just like what always happens. They find a way to like, but this team feels different. They're actually like not just winning, but kind of just like crushing people recently. So maybe it's actually different this time. But I think if you ask any Bills fan, they are gonna at least a little bit have this doubt in the back of their mind, like oh they're gonna Bills this up somehow. I don't know I, how, but they're going to find it. It's going to be the victory formation. They just kind of <laughs> doubt it, and then they somehow fumble it. <laughs> and it gets returned for it a touchdown. It gets, like, snapped past the quarterback somehow, even though he's right behind the center. You're like, what? <laughs> that that could happen. That would be a very Bills thing to happen. <laughs> uh, uh, so... 
so uh, how was uh, how was all of your uh, holiday breaks, so to speak? Did uh, one one thing we kind of want to talk about? Uh, even though we're a Magic cast, we do play other games on occasion, so that's something we kind of want to bring up. Did you guys get a chance to uh, play any non Magic games over the holidays? Oh, oh, I mean. I definitely did. I mean, I, I, you could say it's magic in a way, or at least magical. Uh, I have been getting uh, really back into MMOs because, first off, we can't go outside, so there's no reason to, like, you know, to go outside. So why, if your first life is in kind of like quarantine state, then it's time to start your second life. So I decided <laughs> that's where I would start playing World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy Online. And I'm kind of just going to subtly just send Richard screenshots of Final Fantasy. <laughs> so this way Richard can play with me. I, I gave up. I gave up that life a long no, no, time ago. No, no. Although... <laughs> Although my account's still alive, right? Oh, <laughs> I can still, so I can there's still a just shot. restart the subscription, but oh, no more MMOs, man. No more MMOs. I cannot play MMOs. Why, Richard? <laughs> Why? Why won't you just come play? Uh, think about it. Just think about all the fun we could have questing. I, I have a two-person mount that you could hop on. I have a giant whale that you can ride with me. <sighs> as, as a spike, I like to min-max things in MMOs. <laughs> That just leads to playing forever because that means you just grind and grind and then you can't even grind and finish, right? Because you're gated by time, right? You're gated by the weekly drops in Final Fantasy. Right. And uh, and then you can parse and then you can always get better. You can always optimize your rotations. You can always fix your team. Like it just never, ever ends. It's not like magic where the meta is solved in two days, okay? You can play forever, Yeah, I don't... I don't like. I, I. It's just a huge, huge time sink. So I, uh, I, I got, so I got rid of it. Don't you dare pull me back, Rim. <laughs> but, but Richard, 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 Richard. That was old you. New you knows self restraint and you know <laughs> responsibility. So you're good. You and I, we can, we can start a little goldfish guild, right? We'll get Seth to play. I hear he's got a new computer. So you know, now, now Seth, you know, once he figures out how to open Steam, he can, he can go and play with us. And it, I, I, I was the kind that would just wait for the patch to go live and then sit there and hammer the server because it never comes up correctly. <laughs> And then get in and like start trying to do all the content and like just try to burn yourself out and then complain there's no new content like literally like six hours after that. But you know how hard it is to do that? Because like there's so much now. I just got into it like four expansions later. I played way back when it just came out and it, it, it was terrible then. Like it was an awful game then. But now... It's so different, and I chose one of those little Lalafell characters, Richard. Oh, and yeah, yeah, it's Lala it's Fell. yeah, it's adorable, and I just run around as a little like with a pumpkin on my head, and and like I'm riding. Uh, I have a fat cat for a pet, and I also have an ooze. So like, I'm just saying, Richard, we could be playing right now, and it would be fun. I have once again, <laughs> like you know, Seth. There's a three per or a four person mount. You know, we, we get we get Tomer in on it because I know Tomer <laughs> plays WoW. To, I know Tomer plays WoW. So, you know, like he's, he's not this that is, This is the end of like Goldfish, right? You're suddenly <laughs> the website gets shut down. No content is being made. You're like, where are these guys? And then we're just riding a four person mount. <laughs> we're like, I don't know what's going on, guys. Let's go farm. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's that's actually the biggest reason that I've never really gotten into MMOs. Like, I, I just know that I would end up, like, getting addicted and just wasting way too much time. So I've Is always... Is it wasting? I mean, spending? I don't we, know. Where, where it, are we going? Whatever, where, where, whatever. where are we going? You know, like, we, we don't got plans. It's not like we're going outside, I, right? I, I mean, we... But I... I could be playing magic crim i could be spending that time on magic losing to uro for the millionth time in historic like there's much better things Whoa, I could be oh you're right <laughs> that is something you could do i mean i did a lot of that so <laughs> question though since i've never played these games can you win them or is it kind of like <laughs> i don't know sims or something where you just like do things and there and that's the fun of it or is there an actual like winning uh, of of these games, you see, you see, Seth. There, there is no winning, and that's why all the people that play MMOs are always online, because you know, like once you finish one thing, let's say you got the most gear, then you go like, so example, World of Warcraft allows you to go back and find old gear, so you can make your current gear look like old pieces. So then you want to go and collect all the apparel, and then you go and collect all the the horses you can ride. And then, you know what I mean? And then that just, and by the time you're done with that, because remember, these are all random drop rates, right? Imagine you only get a week to, un, to like get one drop, right? And then you have to wait a week until it resets. But the drop rate of like, let's just say a rare horse is 0.0001%. So you have to run it. If it doesn't drop, you have to come back in a week to do it again. <laughs> oh, so is, is that actually fun? Oh, it is with friends. I mean, okay. it's, 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 it's the same as magic, right? Where like a new set comes out and then you need to figure out the metagame. You need to build your deck. And then hopefully by the time you finish that and you're bored of your deck, the next set comes out because MMOs are updated like periodically, right? So they, they release new gear, uh, they release new bosses, right? So you have to fight the bosses and figure out how to beat them. That takes mm-hmm. weeks just to figure out how to beat them. Right. And you're slowly leveling up your gear and then you have all your new gear. And now the new boss is like easy mode for you. And then just in time, there is a new patch where they release a new boss and new gear. And then you do the whole thing all over again. And that's not even your life. That's not even counting your second <laughs> life, by the way. Um, and uh, that's not even accounting for the growing pains you have to like learn right and deal with while learning new bosses example imagine you are one body right and imagine you're trying to play magic but you have to you and four other people control this one body that plays magic and you have to do it correctly or else you lose so uh yeah like so you have to be a unit and (laughs) i'm interesting yeah i mean it's like imagine magic but if you didn't tap your lands at 90 degrees exactly you died no one told you that (laughs) So you would come in, you would tap at 45, and then you just instantly die. You're like, what? And then, then you tap at, like, 96 degrees, and you're like, huh? Right? But then now imagine, you know, if your friends had to tap at the same time, 90 degrees. I, I found a way to still play Grixis in every game I play and meme in every game I play. So example, in, in, in WoW, I don't play the optimal build. It's considered, I, I think it's considered one of the worst classes right now in Warcraft. It's, it's Frost Mage. And, and nobody even wants to invite me to groups. And I, you know what? I'm going to die on this hill. I'm going to keep playing Frost Mage until it's good again. Just like how I'll force Grixis until the end of days. Till the end of days. But, but Blizzard rotates their balance, right? 
We sure hope so. Like they they make some class OP for some period. And then like after a while, they change that class to a different class. So eventually you'll get your time. Well, hopefully. And like, and also like, I think I'm like the player, by the way, that would probably make Richard angry because I stand in the green stuff. Oh, I'm not a healer. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) You'll make my healers angry. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, that'll be Tomer. Tomer wants to heal, I hear. Or maybe that's Seth. Just saying, we already have most of a guild here. I'm just going to say that right now. <laughs> so so have you been playing with other people then, Krim? Or do you just kind of like solo it? Is that an option to solo it? Um, like, I, I really know very little about this. So some games, like Final Fantasy, you can do more solo stuff in the story. But at some point, you'll want to do raids, which is like, not Shadow Legends, uh, raids like like <laughs> where uh, we, we go and grab, like we want loot, right? Eventually, you want the best gear you can get. And so you need a group to do these fights. And that's where the coordination comes in. That's where the guilds come in, dedicated set times to go do stuff. And I've been playing actually with a lot of other like content creators. Um, like I mean, I, I haven't played with Kenji, but Kenji's playing WoW. Uh, like there's tons of people that play World of Warcraft. I mean, I, I like I got to play with uh, you know Lady Danger. Um, you know, Benjineering from Loading Ready Run plays and all of that. So tons of people that play. I, I played with Olivia recently. Uh, Gobert Hicks. We, we, she and I ran and just did got a horse. We did a group thing to get a horse or a special horse. So yeah, there's. I've been playing with a lot of people within the Magic community. That's that's cool. I mean, that does sound like fun kind of in the way that like an EDH game is fun right if you're just like hanging out with your buddies and doing you know like the video game is what's kind of bringing you all together I could I could see that I think I've never been personally super interested in MMOs but you might be able to sell me on that aspect of it where it's just kind of like you know a fun time to hang out with your friends more so than actually caring about like the actual game itself because I've still not 100% grasping the point of any of this. Like, there's no winning. Stuff. He's like there's playing no EDH. Yeah. Imagine you you're like... trying to grind PTQs and you drove four hours <laughs> and then you got mana screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but when, you're, when you play seriously, your friends, but... you suddenly start hating them because you're like, do you need to stand in the puddle, dude? It's been like eight times in a row. Like, Where are on. your parses at right now, Richard? Uh, like... <laughs> Oh, oh, let's not even talk about parsing. <laughs> like, okay, but that's the thing. You can enjoy MMOs how you want to. And I think after, like, you know, the past year that we've had, this is, like, the closest thing to, like, a magic fest or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we're all hanging out, doing things. We're saving Azeroth. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're going through Alda, you know, which, by the way, Richard, I got very lost in that city. I don't know how anybody finds anything in Final Fantasy well, cities. Where, where's Alda at? I don't, I don't even know. This is like a new zone. I, oh. <laughs> it's been too long. See, well, that's why you could just dust that account off. Seth, once again, just saying. I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything, but I'm just saying it's there. You know, if you All my to. OP gear would be so bad now. I'd be so sad. It's okay. We can get new gear together with the power of friendship. Right, team? Oh, no, no. All right, all right, all right. Enough, enough MMO talk. I, I, know, I know Seth plays a game a lot. Oh, yeah. And we'll, so, we'll, we'll hold off on the H game for now because <laughs> we don't want to talk about H games on this family friendly podcast yet. <laughs> but but I know Seth plays a lot of Civ, and I've never played Civ in my life. Really? What You've is the appeal played... of Civ? I know is it like Sim City, but like more stuff? Like what is it? Uh, so I I've never played Civ City, but kind of the or never played Sim City, but the the concept of Civ is basically. 
uh, it's kind of like historical to some extent. So you're like starting a civilization way back at like, I think it's 4,000 BC you start at. Before Krim? Before Krim, okay. yeah. <laughs> 4,000 before Krim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and... <laughs> And uh, and the idea is you, like, can build cities and then you, like, learn technologies. And it's all real-world stuff, which is, I think, part of what's kind of interesting about it. You can build, like, some of the most spectacular, like, buildings. You can build, like, the Eiffel Tower or build, like, Taj Mahal or, like, all these super uh, sweet old buildings. And basically, you're competing against a bunch of other civilizations. And you can play against AI or you can play multiplayer and uh, play against other people controlling them. And... The way you end up winning is uh, there's a few different pathways to victory. You can get so far ahead in, like, technology that you win from that. You can win. uh, There's, like, a cultural win where you build enough, like, uh, cool buildings, uh, make enough works of art and stuff that you kind of, like, convert everyone to your civilization, more or less. Or you could just go, like, warmonger and build armies and, like, take over everyone else's capitals and win that way. Uh, But... I don't know. It's kind of, I I like civilization. Actually, I think outside of magic, civilization is maybe my second favorite game, or it might even like compete with magic. And I think it's just like, it's a really good game. It's really well put together. The mechanics are interesting. Uh, The AA is not very good at warfare, which does make it a little, a little bit boring after a while. If you want to like actually try to kill people Uh, to play against the AI, it's better. I think if you play against other people, as far as actual warfare, because AI is just not very good at actually fighting in Civ, but I find it, uh, I find it super fun to play. Actually. I'm kind of surprised. Have you ever played it, Krim? Uh, I actually had friends, play it back when I was doing music um I our, our keyboardist had it on all the time all the time uh like and they were always playing on their laptop and I never really sat down and watched it I just saw a bunch of people like like yeah just like a little civilization tear itself apart or something like you know what I mean and build itself back up uh so I don't know I, I it looks kind of interesting but also kind of you know like too much for me it's like almost overwhelming for my smooth little brain (laughs) there there is a lot going on you have like diplomacy where you're trying to like make allies with other civilizations you have like spies that you can control so there is like the world itself is like pretty massive and the amount of things that you can do that have some influence on the game and then you also have like city building or management in it like you got to make sure like your cities have enough food and uh and so forth to like keep your citizens alive or your people are going to start dying so there is a there is a lot going on and it's kind of nice you can you can take it as seriously or as uh, casually as you want to i guess like if you want to go really in depth and like controlling every aspect of your city and like tuning all the little bells and whistles and min maxing you can or you can just like set the ai to do it for you and kind of like zone out of that aspect of the game and focus on something else but the only downside it is a really big time sink and that it is also like when i was saying like oh yeah i don't play mmos because they're such a waste of time like i guess Civ <laughs> is my mmo to some extent because it is like a really big waste of time uh, and it just like eats up a, a ton of time but it's super addicting it's one of those like oh i just gotta go one more turn it, it is a it is a turn-based game so it's like oh i gotta if i go one more turn then i'll have this like cool building bill and that's gonna be really sweet and then there's always like something that's right around the corner that gets you to keep playing so it's very easy to like just stay up all night playing it or whatever if you're not careful <laughs> wait is it 
is it tied to real time in any way? Like, do you have like daily quests or anything like that? Or do you just play at your own pace? You can play at your own pace. It's not tied to, there's no drops or anything that you have to do daily. It's all kind of self-contained and you can do it at your own pace. <laughs> Richard, Rich, can you imagine, by the way, I'm just thinking this now, like imagine if Seth played a more current game, right? Or like with more in-depth. <laughs> is new? No, is it? It's like, or maybe there's so newer editions, there's, right? Because there's there's six of them now, so ah, there are new editions. Okay, but, yeah. the new, but how old is the newest one? Newest one is I want to say like 2018 something. Oh, like okay. so, so still like, relatively so it's not like, recent. Because I was gonna say like yeah. I guess more in depth character design. I I just want to like see. I would love to watch Seth stream character creations. Like, imagine Seth going and, like, playing Final Fantasy, creating a character, and just spending, like, five hours trying to make a beard. <laughs> I would I would probably drive myself insane trying to do stuff like that, honestly. That might be a little too complex for me. The beard is almost at the perfect length. Do I want gray hairs here? No, what about here? I, I actually hate that the most about games. <laughs> I, 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 cannot, I cannot do the customization, like... My house in Final Fantasy was a mess, and my guildmates would decorate it for me. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, this house looks terrible. Like, why did I buy it? What am I doing? Like, please help. <laughs> that's right. You can have a house. <laughs> see, like, do those? That's what I would love do those to see, though. Because, like, Seth, if you ever played a game like that where there's heavy customization, I think that would be hilarious just to watch how you would do that, right? Like, how long you would spend on some of those characters. I might I might have to try it sometime. There's been a few people that have asked me, like, oh, you should try streaming Civ sometime. And I am I actually like kind of enjoy watching other people play Civ. I think it's interesting, but if you're not a Civ player, I think that watching Civ would be amazingly boring. Like you don't know what's going on and there's not even when you're like going to war or something, there's not much happening on the screen. It's a little bit like board gamey in that way. I guess like it's got decent graphics and so stuff. But exactly it's not like, like magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just I couldn't imagine people actually enjoying like watching a strip a Civ stream unless you're like hardcore into Civ. Then you probably love it. But that keeps me from doing it. And I kind of feel like character creation might be the same way. Like it would be funny, but does anyone want to watch me? Yes. Make, yes. Make, design a beard for five yeah. hours. Outside <laughs> That's of exactly what people want to see. <laughs> I would watch that because <laughs> I would love to hear for five hours how you could justify each positioning, like a way a beard is built. <laughs> I, I I don't know if I have the patience for that. Honestly, I'd probably give up after like an hour. <laughs> you say that now, and then you get to the character creation screen, and then you're like, "Yeah, but hold on, this beard." <laughs> It doesn't feel right yet. <laughs> like, also speaking of, like, things that you can do, like, competitively and whatnot, did y'all know that there is competitive settlers of Catan? Ooh. Like, you can get ranked for that. I didn't I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Like, I kind of just always played settlers of Catan as how I play magic. Uh, cut my friends off from Longest Road. That's it. No other purpose other than to deny them something. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but, but like I found that there's actually deeper play to it. And that kind of also blew my mind. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I know that about Scrabble too. I don't know if you've ever, ever played Scrabble. That kind of like blew my mind that there's like world championships and people take it really seriously. And I, I read this article. I don't even remember what. <laughs> 
what site it was on, but they have like this Michael Jordan guy that's like lives in a lives in a cabin and doesn't talk to anyone and just like studies words all day apparently, and he just like crushes everyone and he's won like a ton of world championships in a row. So uh, it's kind of interesting what what people get into. I guess you can play almost any game competitively, but I I did not realize you could do that with things like uh, Settlers of Catan or Scrabble. Here we are, or a podcast about, about magic children's card game. <laughs> Surprise! Surprise and shocked that there's other forms of competitive games. <laughs> you mean that game from like 94 about demons or whatever that was like banned from school? It's still oh. going on? What? <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine what like people from the outside looking in it would be like, right? Like, I mean, what? Like, like, cause I, I, this, this is a funny story. I, I went, well, every time when I say I do something with magic, like I went on a date once and they thought I pulled rabbits out of hats. Like, like, like I was a magician. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've, I've had some older relatives like that and I usually don't bother to correct them. Yeah. It's easier just to let them think I pull rabbits out of my, out of my hat than to try to explain what I actually do. So I'm like, yeah, sure. This is sure. my Would nephew like Seth. A card trick? He's yes. a magician. He's a wizard, I think, or something. I, I had a customs guy go hard on me once because uh, we were in Seattle. We we're going to GP Vancouver, which is Canada. They're like, oh, what are you, what are you doing in Canada? We're like, going to a magic tournament. It's like, so where's all your magic gear? Where's your hat and rabbit? And we're like, oh god, <laughs> it's a, it's a card game. You're like, oh, it's so all like, you know, poker cards, right? Like, no, no, no. <laughs> we had to explain to so they let us in the country. It was, it was I'm, a hard I'm pretty time. much Seth here. I wouldn't explain. I'd leave them to thinking I'm a magician because then it's like, but yeah. they won't let you into the country. <laughs> They're guarding the border. That's why you just tell them a magician never reveals their secrets. <laughs> See if you can get through the border. Just drive off. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, like, see, that's, but yeah, like, that's just some, some stuff that I kind of looked into because, you know, recently there was a, a Queen's Gambit, right? So, like, chess got really popular again on Twitch and all this stuff. And so I was just like, well, okay, what are some other competitive circuits that exist? Because I thought about it. Like, you know, like, we have magic, we have all this other stuff. And that's when I stumbled upon, like, Settlers of Catan. I'm just, like, wondering, is there a competitive circuit, you know, for, like, shoots and ladders? Because, like, you know, like, I, I, you know, I don't know, right? Like, it could be, right? Like, Candyland, who knows? Because I, I was there's, just, there's competitive rock, paper, scissors. I, I watched that. that. I watched that. No, seriously, watch that video. Like, that's showmanship. If you can sell me on rock, paper, scissors, you can sell me on anything. Like, at that point, that's just good showmanship. Uh, how much skill is involved in that, though? What are you, like, trying to read your, your opponent, like, poker? Yeah, yeah. it's got to like, be all psychological. Yeah, it's all psychological but, right there. But, like, the best rock, paper, scissors player in the world, like, what is their win rate? If it's, like, 50%, then if it's <laughs> not it, very convincing. Even No, no, because if you had even, let's just say, over 50%, just slightly, just, like, 55% win rate, that's pretty good. I mean, that's that's kind of magic, right? That's basically magic. <laughs> more or less. Turns more, out we're just playing rock, paper, scissors the whole time. I mean, it's kind of how you would describe some metas. <laughs> so, like, yeah, like that, that's that's just why it's, like, it's such an interesting thing to find. Like, I don't know. And anybody that's listening at home, like, just whatever you think, like, like whatever hobbies you might have, you can definitely look it up. And there's probably a competitive circuit for it. I mean, there's always the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> if you don't want to compete against other people, you compete against yourself. 
they're it's getting really like football hard, statistics yeah. in that though like the most foot long sandwiches eaten in one <laughs> session while it's raining but without July. Mail, you're like what <laughs> you're like is this the world record script used I love listening to fo- like football commentators and they just hit you with these stats and records. I'm like, first off, why? Like, yeah, this is the first time any rookie quarterback scored in the second July or like a second. <laughs> you know what I mean? What? Second weekend of July? That's so wild. How do you know that? Why do you have that on hand? <laughs> yeah. The, the funny thing is, you know, someone has to like calculate that. So yeah. There's got to be some poor guy that's <laughs> the stats guy that's looking all that stuff up, which has to be like. That has to be a pretty boring job, I would say. Unless they love figure it. Figure out the... <laughs> right? Like, yeah, man, there's people that maybe. love the numbers. So, like, heck yeah, I'm going to find out how many people, how many rookie quarterbacks <laughs> have done this on the second weekend of July. Who knows, right? <laughs> uh, but I would think if you love numbers, you would hate stats like that because they seem so fake. Like, they, to me, when I see, like, oh, the second whatever in July, it's like... Oh, Not fake. Like That's real. A statistic? It's, is that even, like... Is that, that worth is caring about? That is, in fact, about? a fact. It is, in, yeah, it is a fact. <laughs> <laughs> like like example i you know I, I played against a friend i dueled against them i didn't lose but i didn't win so i just say i'm undefeated i'm also winless <laughs> <laughs> i'm also undefeated against lsv yes check it up it's a fact <laughs> i have not lost to lsv i also have not won i actually have lost to lsv so <laughs> well, i cannot say fact that. checked fact you're, you're checked out. all right <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I've lost to pretty much all the pros at one time or another playing Magic Online for so long. You just, like, randomly, you're like, oh, I'm up against LSV this cube draft. Oh, boy, that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> I, I think the the one, my my most favorite loss to any pro is, I think, against BBD. Um, and it, it was, I got a game one loss because I wrote, I like, I, I forgot what standard it was. I think it was the con standard. I, I de- had a deck reg error because I wrote Perilous Vault. It, like, I had eight copies. I put it four on the top, and then I wrote it four <laughs> again later. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I got a game one loss, and that it was it just felt so bad. And, <laughs> like, on top of that, he steamrolled me because I was on a bad matchup. <laughs> oh, yeah, so... Uh, so, yeah, over my uh, my little vacation for the holiday... I, one of my goals was to avoid playing too much magic, even though I love magic, but I felt like to really make it vacation-y, I needed to, like, not not play any magic at all. Like, I played some magic, but to not play magic as much as normal, there was one big exception to that. Uh, my little nephew, who is seven, watched the, the last stream I did before the holidays where I was dressed up like Santa, and uh, apparently that got him interested in magic, and he started watching, like, all of our YouTube videos and stuff. So I got to, like, send him some cards and start teaching him how to play over uh, FaceTime, which was pretty cool, and apparently he, like, loves it. I guess he... the the day I taught him, he was playing against um, he was playing against my brother, and they played a couple of games with me, like teaching him how to do it. And I guess I talked to him the next day, and he said, "Oh, we played like two more games that night." And then we woke up the next morning, and he made me play two more games. And I guess he's just like very into Magic now, which is pretty uh, pretty cool. I never really I've taught people how to play Magic, but I never taught like a little kid how to play Magic before, and it was kind of fun because he would just get so excited about everything. It would be like, "Oh, like I drew a two 
tutu that I can actually like cast with the amount of mana I've had. And he would just like his face would light up and it was like the greatest thing ever that he could like play a magic card. So it was, it was pretty sweet to see someone just be so excited about the game. Seth, but part of yes. Oh, I was gonna say, well, when are you going to show him blue? Because yeah. I see I noticed <laughs> that I cast Uro against him. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like a little kid. Seth is like full on salty mid range Uro. Yes. Like just like thought sees. <laughs> Uh, actually, I had uh, Arch Enemy Nicole Bolas that already had Precondex in it just sitting around. So I like sent that down to him because I had Precondex. And I realized after he started playing it, that is not a very new player friendly deck. There's like X spells and tons of weird mechanics. So he had like no idea what was going on half of the time. So but I, you I sent him couple- Bolas correct yeah he, ha- he has bolus he does so you've you've trained <laughs> you've started him down the right path and then i, I made him play the gideon deck because that one was simple oh. like that one you just play creatures and attack with so i made him play that one to start with you see next year he's gonna be like but uncle seth what is a counterbalance and then you're gonna have to <laughs> smile and be like oh yeah <laughs> now magic begins. <laughs> I have someone you should talk to about that. Actually, no, the the funniest part was uh, in one of the games, it was the second game we played, he uh, he drew like four or five drops, but only had four lands, and he kept just like not drawing a land. And after a few turns, he got so mad, and he, he actually thought there was like something wrong with his deck. He was like, I don't think there's any lands in here. I think there's like an issue, because uh, I can't like draw this land to play my cards. And and I realize then that, like, now he's a real magic player. He's already in his second game, like, complaining about his deck, saying that his deck's <laughs> bugged. Like, yep, he's he's gonna be, he's definitely gonna end up being a magic player. That's a very magic player thing to do. <laughs> but part of my not playing magic was uh, I played some Hearthstone. And <gasps> Wait, everybody, <laughs> cover your ears. Yeah, we're about H-word. to drop the H word. Maybe even <laughs> multiple times. Have either of you played Hearthstone recently? I play Battlegrounds. Whenever I play Hearthstone nowadays, I just play Battlegrounds. I don't touch the constructed formats and stuff like that, or or their limited formats, really. Yeah, it's <sighs> been like years. Like I, I played constructed when it first came out, and then afterwards, I just played Arena whenever, like just to grind some free gold randomly. But I haven't played Hearthstone in years, so I have no idea what the cards are or the heroes or whatever. <laughs> Richard, Richard, what do you think I played when I when I played Hearthstone when I started? Because I started probably at the same time you did. <laughs> you probably know. Oh, oh, what was the, the Warlock deck with the Giants? Handlock? What is it called? <laughs> yeah, Handlock. I played that. I played Freeze Mage. <laughs> oh, you played Freeze Mage? Yeah, I hit Legendary. I, play, I played Miracle Rogue. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Filthy combos. <laughs> I don't really understand how people play Hearthstone all the time. Like, that was, that was, that was my, like... So here's my experience playing Hearthstone. I did quite a few arena runs. I don't have, like, an up-to-date collection, because I also hadn't played in, I don't even know, like, since uh, Magic Arena came out, I don't think I haven't played any Hearthstone. So I, like, fired up some arena runs, and boy, is there just so much super over-the-top variants that, for me at least, it drives me absolutely insane it feels like and i don't maybe i'm like biased because i'm a magic player so i just accept that you get mana screwed sometimes or you flood out sometimes and that's normal to me but in hearthstone the variance is like oh here's this thing and when it dies you get like a random seven drop creature there's actually one of the one of the best cards uh in firelands in arena uh, yeah, stuff like that. I think it's called oh, it's something Proto Drake. It's a it's a eight mana eight eight that when it dies you get a random seven drop. So so this thing everyone plays it and it dies in a random seven drop 
ranges from like pretty much like I win the game. There's the equivalent of like mythics. There's this mythic that's it's like a six, eight that whenever your opponent draws a card, you get a copy of that card, but it only costs one mana. So sometimes you just like randomly, your opponent gets some insane unbeatable bomb. Other times it does absolutely nothing. And that's like most of the cards in Hearthstone. They have this discover discover mechanic. I don't know if that was around when, when you guys were, that was unstable portal. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, so I remember yeah, like, this. This is nothing new, Seth. Are you a new yeah, Hearthstone yeah. player? <laughs> you know that that how, like like this like so like yeah like people ask me how I'm not salty when magic like things happen to me in magic. It's because I streamed Hearthstone for like like yeah. like for like every day. I just lost. I went from literally a a turn away from winning the game and the opponent having like absolutely nothing to somehow losing. I remember my favorite thing was this is the one when I I just got so salty. There's a card called Ragnaros, right? And it randomly <laughs> deals eight damage to one person, right? Or a, a threat on their board or their face. The opponent is at five. They have they have a like, <laughs> or I I have a full board and they have a Ragnaros, right? I have a full board and I'm at five. And somehow it doesn't hit any of my creatures. It just hits me. And I'm just like, I have seven things on board here, and you're telling me you just no-scope me to the face. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, game. Uh, how how did you not end up getting salty, or did you end up getting salty? Because I know for me, like, I do pretty good with magic, I think. I, I'm good at losing at magic. I can lose and have fun losing at magic. But with Hearthstone, for some reason, when you lose to like you were mentioning, like just this extremely random effect where you can like quickly calculate the odds in your head and you're like, oh yeah, it's like 10% or whatever. Like I got this for sure. And then, and then you lose to it. And there's so many of those effects happening every game that they kind of like add up and sooner or later, some random thing is going to like kill someone. Like how do you (laughs) not end up getting salty? Because I end up getting super, super salty playing Hearthstone, which I don't really in magic. And I, I don't know if it's just because I'm used to magic. And if I played more Hearthstone, I would learn to like embrace the hearthstone style variants with all the random effects or if i would still just like always be salty was that an issue for you Krim, when you were streaming like would you end up getting super salty sometimes see that's i i know you probably haven't watched this but the avengers movies it's they're pretty much x-men uh so <laughs> there's a line from it i like to uh quote and it's just that's my secret cap i'm always angry <laughs> <laughs> i never stopped being salty <laughs> i've just i've just marinated in the salt as the years <laughs> went on i'm just always salty but no like legitimately hearthstone that's the only game that finds a way to just make my blood boil like and it doesn't matter how long it's been like so i went back to it recently i was like oh well what does it look like now in standard i played one game and i was immediately salty i'm like i'm, I'm done <laughs> like, I, like i can just playing one game of hearthstone allows me to lose for six weeks in magic and be okay <laughs> <laughs> how how much of that though do you think is because we're magic players like that's something i was trying to figure out like is it like in a objective sense, the magic style of variants, because both games have variants, they just come in different ways. Like, is the magic style of variants for some reason better or less salt inducing? Or is it just that we're like so used to it because we play magic all the time that we've come to accept that like, oh, sometimes you draw one land and you never draw another one and like it sucks, but that's part of magic. Like, do you think that the uh, one form of variance is better than the other? I, I It sounds weird to say that, but but I, I think, yeah. <laughs> 
because at least the feel bad, right? Like it doesn't feel as bad. Hearthstone, right? Like, like okay, so magic. You top deck a bolt, I'm at three, sure, right? That's possible. That makes sense, right? You play four copies, whatever, right? But when it comes to, like, I pay two mana, and I get one random card. Think about how many cards are in this card pool. Not just any card, just in, like, like that, that seven drop that you're talking about. There is a huge card pool of cards, but you get one. And not only is it any one, it's the one that just wins you the game. So, like, the percentages are even lower, than let's say me drawing one of four bolts. I am now tr- accessing a pool of let's say 1800 cards and I hit the only one that wins the game. Oh yeah, it feels bad because I maneuvered this game very well. I played it close to the chest and I still lost the game. And there's and the thing that makes heart like the Hearthstone recently just kind of runs with it where there's a lot of that now everybody has that effect there's it's just willy wonka left and right christmas land here you know like i i don't ever concede because you never know <laughs> yeah ah. i think you guys are just magic players <laughs> 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 like like if you get lightning bolted off the top okay there's like maybe like 50 40 cards in the library there's like four cards four out of 40 right that, that would kill deck you on manipulation the though Right? No, no, just like literally off the top. Like they have one turn, they just pull the first one off the top to kill you. Whereas like Hearthstone, like how many seven drops are there? Like 50, maybe like eight would kill you on the spot. It's like the same amount, right? It's just you play so much magic that you're used to it and you don't rage anymore. Yeah, but maybe it's also you don't that. play enough Hearthstone, right? You just play, you know, for a week or like for two weeks and then. Uh, it's also not your game, so you. I think you just get more salty. I mean, um, I I, I, I imagine like the first time you played Magic and this happened to you, you were salty. Like someone top decked a bolt off, but you know <laughs> when it happens ten more times, you probably learn not to be salty. But the first time you got screwed at like four lands, five lands, uh, off the top, or maybe just one land in hand, like you're probably pretty salty. But we're just used to it at this point. I mean, I played all the card games. I think Yu Gi Oh prepared me for my like like what magic would be so i played that and i played a lot of hearthstone i and i played hearthstone to the point where i was trying to grind hct points to go to like essentially what is <laughs> like ptqs and like you know go to pro tours and hearthstone and and like i don't know something about hearthstone there's just something about hearthstone like it's the but the funny thing about that game is the wins are fabulous they are ridiculous like the most ridiculous wins of all time but the wins and the losses are equal when it comes to wow factor. Let's go with that. So <laughs> I think that's why it just it it just feels bad because it is one heck of a way to lose or win. <laughs> I I will say it did it did keep me coming back. Like I would I would curse the, yeah, yeah. the I would curse the game and like close it and then like an hour later I'd be like oh I guess I can do another yeah. run like that would be kind working of fun. as intended it's working so, as intended I will give it credit for that I did do like quite a few arena runs even though like half the time I would end up salty and like <laughs> upset about how the last one went but it, it would keep me coming back so it is addicting in its own weird way you played both Grim uh, like somewhat competitively one of the things I was wondering, and again, like, I'm trying to sort out what is my bias as being a Magic player and what is actually, like, reality. Hearthstone's got to be less skill-intensive, right? Like, that that was my impression after playing it a lot over the last week or so. 
is it less skill intensive because of all those random facts or is that again me being biased and like accepting magic's variants and not accepting hearthstone's variants i i think that 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 is definitely a magic bias thing I, anybody that says that hearthstone is just like a no-brainer thing like i i can't speak to maybe what it what's going on today but like you know it, it kind of just feels like oh people are saying it takes no skill to play burn Right. It's like, eh, I don't know if that's true. Right. Because I, I think burn is very skill intensive. <laughs> and and so Hearthstone, much to that, like, yeah, there's the feel bads and whatnot. But I you still have to make these decisions and maneuver everything because like you're doing your turn. You're setting yourself up for the next turn You're because you're essentially playing all the turn. Like, whereas we're used to instant speed. I, I do my thing. I pass. I could do something on your turn. Right. Hearthstone, you are doing everything. You're building your board now for for your turn, and you're setting up for your opponent's turn in the event they do something. And then the that like it, it's like you're playing two turns at a time. So I I and like your deck building, you only have two copies unless it's legendary. Then you have one or three copies, something like that, right? I can't remember what it is, but yeah, you have a thirty card deck. So I don't know. It I would say it's still skill intensive. People give it a, a hard time, and and like you know, everybody makes the joke, you know, two to fairies. That's Hearthstone mode, but like, yeah, it is still skill intensive. <laughs> yeah, no, and I didn't mean that it is not skill intensive, but it did feel. I ended up feeling a lot of times that like, like I was playing against Muxus. You know that feeling <laughs> yeah, you get when yeah. you're like, oh, I did everything right this game, but then my opponent just plays this one card and nothing I did matter. Or like, well, Ugin sometimes gives you that feeling, like, oh, I did everything right this game, and then they just play Ugin. And nothing I did for the previous however many turns actually ended up mattering in the long run. How, a lot of Hearthstone games felt like that to me. How I feel about, like, how when, when that happens to me, how I think about it is I also have to remember that all my cards are Muxus. So everything I've done is Muxus. <laughs> and everything you've done is Muxus. So there's, it, there's their Muxus yeah. and then your Muxus, which reveals, like, lands. Yeah, like, it's kind of like that, <laughs> Their right? Muxus like, is, like, five hits. You're like, wow. Yeah, their Muxus hit and yours didn't. Low roll. <laughs> <laughs> so like that 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 is that's how i look at it so it doesn't feel as bad right because it's like well okay i i rolled and then i lost yeah i i mean i guess that's probably a pretty good way to look at it because it is definitely true that you also sometimes get the high roll and you're the one that, yeah like you gets the super lucky thing and ends up winning as a result although at the same time even those games i feel a little bad sometimes like oh like no, no you didn't like said no I'm you winning. didn't said you had I, like, a grin I'm glad i won but but i didn't really do any like it just kind of happened like the game just decided that i would win this time and which you got I guess the nut draw good, but. yeah <laughs> congratulations <laughs> yeah like that's that's just kind of how it goes <laughs> oh well, that is uh, that is my uh, my Hearthstone experience, and I don't know. Anything else we wanted to hit on this week while we're talking about random things? Do we have any fish mail, Richard? I think I forgot to, to ask you if we had fish mail questions. Uh, I think I forgot to check, so <laughs> let me check real quick. <laughs> I think, who I think who was thinking about, about magic time. over the holidays and had hard-burning yeah. questions? If you did, you can send them to at Goldfish with the hashtag MTGFishMail, and we'll get to your question on air. Um, oh wait! I think I have a question. Uh, it's from the Asian oh, Avenger. We, when is Richard and Seth this? gonna play Final Fantasy and make a guild? <laughs> well, I guess you got to answer that question. Oh, I think that we just skip that. One. Oh, that's that's like a yeah. low effort question. Uh, there. Budget Commander <laughs> said, "Oh yeah, we should Delete. all start a guild." Yep, totally. Just random questions. I don't know how I'm also getting these. <laughs> all right. Uh, I bet so. you could get Tomer, but uh, it's gonna it's gonna be. A hard sell. Maybe after ask me after spoiler season. We'll see. There, maybe, here, maybe here's my it. easy sell. There's no Uro. 
You haven't hit endgame yet, have you, Krim? You, you speak like a player who's like enjoying, who's enjoying exploration and having fun in the game as opposed to grinding savage and not getting a weapon drop and having to hit the books. <laughs> oh, oh, I've been there, but I'm just saying, Uro can't get you there, Seth. You're safe from Uro here. <laughs> All right, stream is canceled. I am now a, a wow, a wow streamer. There's no euros. All right. Uh, first question: Ambrose Buco one. Richard was talking about Super Megamorph on the podcast. Little did we, little did we know it would come with Fortel. Hmm. Maybe we should tackle that next week when we talk about Fortel because I don't think Fortel has been officially previewed. Right? We just know it's on a card, but we don't know the. I, I know the commander oh, yeah. or whatever the commander deck, but I, it didn't say what it does, so I don't really know what yeah. it does. I haven't looked. I've I've avoided all leaks. Yeah. Except mana uh, leaks. Except mana leak. <laughs> Eleven vicious. <laughs> what card would you want to see in old border? For me, it would be gifts ungiven. So we forgot about the one piece of official news we got over the holidays, which was the old bordered promo oh, yeah. of Lotus Bloom. What yeah. other cards would you like to see? Uh, this what was would, from Time's File Remastered. What would a Planeswalker look like in Old Border? Ooh, it'd probably look pretty sharp. I, anything looks better in Old Border. That's, honestly. I mean, if you mean Old Border like Old White Border, yeah, I agree. <laughs> what would I most want to see? Hmm. That's really tough, because I, I I would like to have every card that I play in Old Border, honestly. I'm a big fan of the Old Border. If I, had I love the old foiling one, though, with the, the like, Wizards of the Coast uh, star, like the stamp over the bottom. Yeah, like it that. gets the like, shooting star. I, I got to say, I was very impressed. It also didn't that. warp as bad. Yeah, oh, and I Wizards that. actually... Is that going to happen? <laughs> oh, I mean, like it definitely still warped, but like I mean, I think once it, we hit Shard's block, that's that's when I started noticing how bad the foiling was like it's bad i gotta i gotta give wizards credit for actually maintaining the old border really well with time Spire remastered it seems like it would have been really easy for them to be like oh it's mostly the old border but you know we updated the foiling and we added the hologram or like some modern innovations but they actually went it looked like from the pictures we've seen very true to the original old border with the shooting star no hologram like they it looks exactly like the old border card looks so i'm actually pretty excited about that because i wasn't sure i wasn't sure if they would actually end up like sticking 100 percent to the originals or not but it looks like they did as far as a specific card i mean Panharmonicon is always an easy answer. I would also like to just see some modern staples, like Old Border Thoughtseize would be sweet. That's a card that I would play in a ton of modern decks, because I play Thoughtseize in a ton of decks. Uh, and that's a card that doesn't have an Old Border printing, like Path to Exile is another one. So any of those modern staples that show up in a ton of decks, I would love to have an Old Border version available, because I would definitely choose that option over the other ones. Ugh. I'm going to become like a hipster. I'm like, something's off about this old border card. And I think it's the templating. We need like the old templating as well. Not the up-to-date Oracle, but the old <laughs> templating, the old tap symbol, the uh, bury this card when oh. blah or whatever as an additional you cost, cast sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. Like an interrupt for some reason, a, you know, a world enchantment or whatever. But for old cards, I like to see Teferi's Protection. Give, give, give me a give me a good Teferi's protection in old bordered white bordered. 
Oh, <laughs> nothing like get, getting like that sodium from the table or whoever in Commander when you get him with the Teferi's protection, but also white border Teferi's protection. <laughs> and, then, and then you just drop your sunglasses down and you walk out away from the table. And it'll say, it'll say interrupt on it. You're like, sorry, your oh. instance not fast enough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> interrupt. I love that. Oh, man, that'd be so good. Uh I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go like, like a lot like Seth with the easy answer. I'm going to go kind of just a little less off of a Richard's card, just Teferi. Teferi, Hero of Dominaria, Teferi, Time Reveler. Teferi, Time Reveler, and Old White Border is another thing that you'd probably get a lot of sodium for. Uh, and, and, and I, I love that. I would love to see that. Or if not that, Shocklands. I actually, I white bordered my own Shocklands. So. If by old, like, I, I know they're not bringing white, white bordered lands anytime soon, so I'll just take the old borders, if they put, like, the shock lands we have into the new old borders, and then I'll just white border them myself. The rest of the fetch lands would be sweet, too, because oh, yeah. we already have, like, half of them in old border, but we don't have the rest of them in old border, so I would take Zendikar fetches yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. All right. The Paul Rupp. Would a better approach to some bans be banning problem interactions via deck building so you're not allowed certain cards together, like Dark Depth slash Thespian Stage slash Vampire Hex Mage or Cat Oven? What about banning like cards together, but individually they're okay? I, I think that that is a bit confusing uh, for like somebody who wants to get into it. Just like they did that with um, the event deck in World Wake. You could not, if you entered an event with like Stoneforge Mystic or whatever, with the event deck, you were okay. But if you brought your own deck, it was not. And there was just confusion at a local FNM, right? So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think that might be problematic for people getting into standard. Yeah, that's that's kind of my concern, too, is it's just a little bit complicated. That's kind of the same thing that comes up when people talk about restricting cards rather than banning them outright, is I feel like it's just adds another layer of complexity that probably doesn't really gain a whole lot. Like, yeah, I guess technically maybe a card that would be banned outright is like pseudo unbanned. But for how many of those cards like Dark Depths and Thespian Stage? You only really play them for the combo anyway, so is having the combo banned really that much different than just banning one of the cards outright? Eh, not really in a lot of cases, so I don't know if the added complexity would be worth whatever slight benefit you might get out of it. All right, last question. Caleb Kershnick, do you guys think it would be fine for Wizards to keep pushing the power level standard and making cards that could potentially be broken as long as they were a lot faster on their bands? Okay, I mean, I, I, I do not want that. Cause then we start looking at, well, how do we balance our, like, the thing that scares me the most when I, when I fall asleep is, what if in a year, Uro was the good times? Oko was the good times. <laughs> I do not want that. So, even if they are quick to ban, I, I think they still should, keep in mind power level just overall yeah i mean i would like to see them be quicker to ban cards that is something i would like and i do think that if they're going to be quicker to ban cards they're a little bit safer to take more chances than they would otherwise well, at the same time you still don't want to end up with arrows and okos and cards that like those aren't even really taking chances like some of those cards with the benefit of hindsight and seeing what they did to formats, I think Companions was another example, like Luris in so many formats. Like, it still kind of blows your mind that Wizards 
actually approve them. Like, I still can't really figure out. Like, I, I get when you have, like, Felidair Guardian that is, like, kind of a weird interaction that maybe they missed or something like that. Sure, those things happen. There's some old combo for a format that no one had really considered. I, I get that things like that happen. But with some of the cards that are just obviously too good on rate, like Uro, um, it's kind of confusing how those were let out the door. So I wouldn't want to see Wizards be like, oh, we can keep printing Uros and Okos because we're going to ban things quicker. I don't think that's healthy. You still have to deal with everyone complaining about the format, everyone calling for bannings for some amount of time, then the cards getting banning, then people being upset because their cards got banned and they spent money on a deck and they theoretically lost money on that deck. Like, you still have to deal with that cycle, which I don't think that cycle is a positive thing for Magic or for the community or for Wizards. Yeah. So I wouldn't want Wizards to feel like they can just go all out. But I do think that they should be more aggressive with banning. Because we definitely have had some issues where I feel like if they had banned Oko sooner was a big one, or even like Hogak and Modern was another one where it was just like, why haven't they banned this yet? So I do think they should speed up the bannings, but I wouldn't want them to feel like they can keep printing broken cards because they have sped up the banning process. Yeah, I think they should already be aggressively banning, but on top of that, not to put a ton of cards in the format, because then formats like Modern, would really suffer, right? Or like, you know, when when you want to get away from standard and everything looks like standard, 2019 Ford, like Uro is just all over modern, right? It's Uro piles. So I would rather not see cards like that slip through too. Yeah. yeah. And bannings are even more problematic in those formats because modern decks are still $1,000 or something. So it's a tough sell to be like, oh, spend $1,000 on this Uro deck. Oh, by the way, we banned it a month later. <laughs> like that's just going to turn people off to the... To the format altogether, you can get away with it a little bit in standard because everyone plays arena and they can reimburse you and you don't lose as much. But I think that pattern is especially harmful for older formats. Yeah, and I would say I don't know why people like pushing power level. Like if you just play multiple formats in Magic, you cross power levels all the time, right? If you play modern and then you switch to standard, like is it worse no it's just different right or if you play limited and then you play standard like they're different power levels i don't see why you have to play the more powerful one all the time and yeah so i, I just i just don't get the obsession with pushing power level like what if our cards like were just the same right and we just sold cards based on flavor story like unique interactions and things like that instead of just like raw stats and like game breaking ability so I, i'd rather not see that but I play limited, so I don't know. I'm used to low power slug fests, <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not sure the majority of the player base does because apparently limited is not that popular. So uh, that's all the questions we have time for this week. So thank you to everyone who sent them in. If you have questions, you can send them to at mtggoldfish with the hashtag mtgfishmail, and we'll get to your questions on air. And I believe that that brings us to the end of episode 310 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Card Conduit for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about, well, cow time for sure, because we know spoiler season starts on Thursday, officially, and whatever else goes down in the world of magic. So, until then, happy New Year's, everyone. Have a great week. And this is the crew signing out. Thank you.